Welcome to this edition of the Dan Rayburn Podcast, a show that curates the streaming media industry news of the week that matters most, unvarnished, unscripted, and providing you with the data and analysis you need without any of the hype. The pulse of the streaming media industry. Here's your host, Dan Rayburn, with co-host Mark Donegan. Welcome to the Dan Rayburn Podcast. I am Dan Rayburn, along with my co-host, Mark Donegan. Mark, hello. I hear that you're going to start off the podcast by singing for us today. <laughs> I am not going to sing, and I'm definitely not going to dance. Ah, okay. Well, I figured it was worth a try. we got plenty of other things we can cover in the meantime. That's right. <laughs> We've got, Mark, about two weeks here to, to cover some some industry news, because then we're going to be Right, right into, into your earnings. Yeah. Yeah. So just, uh, let's see. Netflix earnings are on October 18th. So right about when this drops, we'll have Netflix. Uh, we'll they'll have Microsoft, Meta, Amazon, Comcast the week before. And then we mm-hmm. really get into things the last week of October. Mm-hmm. So we're going to have some good numbers. Uh, my favorite time of the year is always earnings. That's right. Because instead of people saying uh, someone's uh, company's doing good, <laughs> Or uh, they're winning, whatever that means. We have actual numbers. Yeah. So, Mark, let's go through a couple things this week. Obviously, the one of the biggest pieces of news is Netflix talking about their new ad tier. Mm-hmm. So, a couple things to cover here. One, it's going to be out of November third in the U.S. and twelve countries total, including the U.S. What, what I was laughing at, Mark, when they put out the release was from the date they announced it to when this is going to be out is just under six months. Yeah. And when the news first came out, God, there were so many people who know absolutely nothing about streaming or the ad stack of any kind making, you know, bets online and statements. Well, Netflix can't possibly launch it by the end of the year. It's going to take a year. It's going to take 18 months. They have to hire people. They don't know how to do uh, encoding for ads, like all this crazy nonsense. And so they will be out in just under six months from when they announced it. So, to break down what they're going to do here, it's going to be $7 a month. They're calling this tier basic with ads. Mm-hmm. That's pretty pretty straightforward. Pretty straightforward. Uh, it's one simultaneous stream. Yeah. Uh, Video is only 720p. That's right. It's going to have four to five minutes of ads per hour, and they're going to do uh, pre-roll in stream. But not everything is going to have ads mm-hmm. to start. Mm-hmm. Uh, they also said that a limited, this is their quote, limited number of shows and movies won't be on the ad service at launch because they said they don't have deals in place yet with those content owners. Yeah. When when they were asked on the press briefing how many movies or titles that was, they said that they estimated it was 5 to 10% of their total catalog. Mm. So not not that big of a number. Also, I think it's important to note, and I, I don't know if you picked up on this. I actually didn't get to uh, watch or listen uh, to the press briefing, but they do anticipate. Here's my question to you. Let's see if you know the answer. They do anticipate they're going to get the rights for all of the content, um, correct? Or do you have any? They uh, they didn't say on the, the, the press call was interesting because we got to ask questions yeah. as, as members of the media, but they didn't say it was very high level. Also, one of the first questions asked, of course, was what percentage of their members do they think might downgrade to a lower sure. priced plan? Yeah. And they said that they, they're not disclosing any details. Yeah. They're, they're running some numbers. It's frankly too early. Yeah, of course. Of course. It would be yeah. it would be a guess on their point. Yeah. Uh, and what's the, the other point? thing, <laughs> right, what's the point? Yeah. It's just too early. They yeah. need some data. 
This plan also note doesn't allow downloads. That's right. Yeah, I noticed that. So they have three tiers now, basic with ads, standard plan, premium plan. Mm -hmm. So basic with ads, no download 720p, standard 1080p, mm -hmm. premium plan, 4K and HDR. Mm -hmm. So to me, Mark, the most interesting piece here is not the pricing. <laughs> yeah. It is the following. For all the talk in the industry of 4K and video quality matters and HD and HDR, what happens if a large percentage, and by large, mm -hmm. I mean 20, 30, 35, 40% of members who are on a standard plan getting 1080 or premium at 4K downgrade yeah, and are now happy getting 720p? Yeah. What does that tell us about video quality? Oh, it pains me to think of what the answer is there because I'm all about quality. <laughs> Well, it comes down to what can consumers yeah. define as quality. Yeah. And we define it differently. And I think the streaming industry as a whole is a little bit out of touch with, with consumers in terms of how they define quality when we talk about it. Yeah. I, I think you're onto something, Dan. And um, this is going to be very interesting um, because at the end of the day, the, the consumer decides. Right. You know, and that's exactly what we're talking about here is consumer might say, hey, seven bucks. Um, I, you know, which let's think about it, even if there's still, you know, some percentage of content that never makes it onto the ad supported. The Netflix library is super strong and super yes. compelling. And it's seven dollars a month for a lot of people, even with four minutes of ads per hour. That is an amazing value. That's it's it's an incredible value. It really. I is. agree. So I I think it's going to be interesting to watch what consumers want. We already have heard from Netflix over multiple years that 4K isn't something that a lot of consumers are willing to pay for. Mm -hmm. We also see YouTube TV and others charging more for 4K. Yeah. Uh, so we know there's additional costs there, not only to deliver it, but for for consumers to consume it. But sure. if we're now going from dropping users from 1080 to 720 and consumers aren't complaining, you know, the industry needs to, to to look at that and just rethink of maybe how they're defining video quality and the amount of effort they're putting into it. Because, you know, many times we are splitting hairs in the industry talking about things we think are important. And if you have tens of millions potentially of consumers who are like, you know what, 720 is good enough for what I'm doing it on. Yeah. We better take notice as an industry. Well, there's a, um, you know, I'm, I'm, getting uh sort of involved in a in a um, tertiary way you know into what you're talking about and that is that now with energy costs being so high uh, especially in europe but it's you know it's coming to every part of the world um uh, energy costs and you know just all the focus on carbon uh, neutral and you know and just the environment um, you know, the notion of, oh, you can only get good quality encoding on software, you know, with software running on CPU versus like hardware, whatever the variant is, you know, GPU, ASIC, you know, FPGA, doesn't matter. Um, there's a lot of people rethinking this and and kind of and it's not even so much a conversation of good enough, but it's look, the the operational costs. Now, in a data center of spinning CPUs uh, and running software is becoming so overwhelmingly high, 
you know, we talked about this even with the recent Twitch and, and YouTube, um, uh, you know, discussion around Twitch cutting their, 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 their creator rev share that all of a sudden there are a lot of people considering that this whole notion that, oh, I can only get in air quotes, good quality on software, you know, with software and CPU that that no longer is maybe an assumption that you should run with. And that, yeah, there's there's more talk about it. I think some of the some of the the talk though is just it's not actually being implemented, right? It's people wanting to be cool and being like, "Hey, let's talk about electricity usage." Really, I mean, there's no consumer out there going, eh, "I won't use Netflix over HBO because they consume more electricity in their encoding." So it's not resonating with consumers. Well, yeah, and not from a consumer perspective, but in Europe, if you need to build a new data center because you oh, need it's more, a it's a massive problem. So it's just, but but the point I'm trying to make is, you know, not to bring the discussion around to you know uh, green energy and 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 all of that, but it's more just to say that, you know, it is true empirically that you can produce better quality with software. You have a lot more flexibility. All those things are absolutely 100 percent true when you compare it to hardware, which by very de definition is hardened, which is fixed, which means you get what you get you know, out of it. Um, and two or three years ago, the choice to stay on software maybe was the right one even, but that's getting challenged. It's getting challenged. Yeah, companies so, are rethinking yeah. it, no doubt. Yeah. A couple other interesting things on, on the Netflix news is they, they announced four different deals on ratings. I so pretty incredible to think. Too, Dan. Yeah, because you think of Netflix, we always knew for many years, well, we don't really know what they're doing. We can't really yeah, see. It's a black box, we don't know right? what's ahead. <laughs> now they've done some. They've certainly got better. But now with the ad-supported tier, they have no choice. So the first one that they cut, not surprisingly, was with Nielsen. Yeah. So Nielsen uh, ratings are going to give advertisers a better understanding of the size of the market. Uh, all they said is that the ratings will be available from Nielsen, quote, sometime in 2023. Mm-hmm. So don't know when that is. Uh, Niels, uh, Netflix also uh, did a, a, another, um, I guess it's a deal, but not really because they already announced they would support it, but it's called BARB, the Broadcasters Audience Research Board. Hmm. Uh, so it's it's British and um, Netflix said a long time ago, I think it was 2019, mm -hmm. uh, that they were going to support it. So uh, they they now are. Uh, the UK is the first and only country where, where Netflix has done this. Uh, part of it, though, really comes from policymakers in the country that have put pressure on streaming platforms to, you know, basically abide by the same rules as broadcasters. Yeah. Uh, so, so not surprising. BBC, ITV are already in it. Disney Plus has already signed up. Uh, so that was the second one they did. And then they, they cut another deal with a company called IAS, which is Integral. No, Integral. It's <laughs> Integral <laughs> Ad yeah. Service. Uh, so, uh, that's another one in terms of they're saying they're going to provide more transparency mm -hmm. on the audio, uh, advertising performance. So basically they're, they're going to look at what traffic is real. They have something called IVT invalid traffic verification, mm -hmm. but that's another one. And then they also signed a deal with double verify. Mm. So double verify is really about, uh, tracking fraud. That's, that's the mm -hmm. biggest thing that they're, they're working on. Uh, so the key there is making sure brands feel safe, yeah, which is which is important when you're rolling out an ad service. So Netflix has been working on a lot to to think about that 
you know, they, they wanted to do the ad tier, they announced it and then they announced that deal with Microsoft and then already they're going to roll this out. I mean, that is, they did a lot of work mm-hmm. in a short period of time, putting in advertising, uh, monitoring and metrics that will come, not all of them from day one, but man, they're, they've been working hard. Yes, they have. Yeah. As they should be, yeah. as they should be. Yeah. But for all the folks who are like, ah, Netflix won't figure this out. Oh, it's, yeah. so it's so complicated. It's like, come on, guys. Yeah. <laughs> this isn't live streaming. Yeah. So good of them to see that. We'll watch the product when that comes out. Uh, they also have reinforced a few different times throughout their press releases, the press event and whatnot, that the ad tier and what it looks like today probably will not look the same a year from now. Mm-hmm. And that also includes, they kind of hinted on pricing. Mm-hmm. So it's $7. Do we think it's going to stay $7 mm-hmm. a year from now? I'm not going to say either way. I yeah. don't know. But they made it very clear that the ad product is going to evolve over time. Yeah. It's going to look very different. So uh, that's important. It's it's a service that has never had ads as we know. Mm-hmm. And what that user experience looks like is something to be seen. Now, I do like that Netflix didn't come out and say we're going to reinvent the ad space because they're not. Yeah. Everyone seems to do that. And then they do something like, well, we're going to roll, do pre-roll for 15 seconds instead of 30. Yeah. That's not reinventing the ad space. That's not a new ad type or format. Uh, So something to keep on, keep an eye on. Yeah. Some other things this week, uh, Roku. So some of the information leaked thanks to uh, product already showing up on stores, uh, shelves before it was even announced. But Roku did announce the smart home. Mm Mm-hmm play that we saw coming so lights uh, video doorbells plugs cameras it's exclusively at walmart uh it is it is the wise stuff um it looks like it's just literally repackaged and white labeled yeah i saw some discussions online kind of like oh man roku's really leaving losing focus with that i look at it a little bit differently i want to see the numbers but because roku's not producing this and they're probably not stocking it and they're probably not doing fulfillment and inventory tracking. Mm-hmm. If literally all they're doing is putting their name on something that's already being built by a third party and they're taking a cut of that, what's their overhead? Yeah. Maybe nothing. I, and, and, and I have a similar view, but, but a little bit different angle is that this is potentially an incredible way to onboard users to the Roku platform, to the Roku network so to speak it's possible you know and and it, you know it's true already roku has tremendous penetration in the home so you, you know how many more media players are they going to sell as a result of someone saying oh i got this cool camera oh i didn't know i can get a box connected to my tv so you know it's probably going to kind of work the other way where it's going to give them an extension a way to sell more roku devices but the fact of the matter is, is that these platforms need devices attached to them for users to continue, you know, to be able to uh, aggregate the value that they're creating. And, um, you know, so you think about like Nest and what and what Nest did, you know, moving from the thermostat to the smoke alarm, you know, and then, of course, acquiring uh, oh, what was the camera company they acquired? blanking out i don't even remember yeah yeah anyway you know and then cameras and then you know and now they have their line right i mean nest is like this whole line of of also smart home devices so um this will be interesting be interesting yeah i want to see the numbers yeah i want to see how they impact the balance sheet yeah 
A little bit of information on the NFL Sunday ticket. So uh, Eddie Q from Apple was speaking at a conference this week. He actually came out and and talked just a a little bit about it. And as a result, there's been some news stories that negotiations with Apple and NFL have kind of hit a snag. And, and uh, basically, Apple wants some flexibility mm-hmm. in terms of uh, how they can package this. Uh, and also, they apparently want global distribution rights as well, some folks are saying. But Eddie Q was, was quoted as saying, quote, we weren't interested in buying sports rights when it came to the Major League Soccer deal. Because there, it's it's offering a, a package. You know, they free reign to offer games globally, mm-hmm. local markets. That's a ten year deal they did with MLS that begins next year. Uh, so, what he basically said was, uh, "There's all kinds of capabilities that we're going to be able to do together because we have everything together on one package." Mm-hmm. So, uh, that's something that it looks like they're pushing for with the NFL as well. Uh, but sounds like uh, there's still quite a big. Uh, debate in terms of how the NFL is going to allow whoever this provider is that gets the rights to really to really push it out. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's also talk here that Apple potentially didn't want to be the the only company actually uh, streaming it. They they wanted to be able to sounds like repackage it or resell it through others, mm-hmm. potentially the leagues as well. So I- interesting because Apple usually never makes any comment on this stuff. Yeah. So interesting to see them talk about this at a an event. Uh, it's reportedly NFL is trying to get about two and a half billion dollars per year. Uh, so we'll see. Uh, we'll see what happens with that. But based on the fact that they said they wanted to announce this in Q4, as far as who the winner is, mm-hmm. um, we're we're already in Q4. That's right. <laughs> so there's not a lot of time left here, uh, and that's that's going to be a really interesting one when that does drop. Mm-hmm. A uh, few other things, Mark, here is uh, Beamer, mm-hmm. Beamer's IPO. I didn't actually check it today. Did it go on the market? It, it, yeah, they did not list today. And today yeah, being I didn't see the it. 14th, October 14th. Yeah, okay. So, so originally yeah. today was the date they were going to yeah. they were gonna list. Uh, I, I thought, I mean, I put this up on LinkedIn. Frankly, I didn't know you could go public with such a little revenue. So they had 20... 21 revenue of the 3.3 million. Yeah. Sounds. So I I didn't know companies that small could, could, could do an IPO, but they're looking to raise about $15 million at the top end. If they don't get the full price shares, it's probably more 12 to 13 million. Mm -hmm. Um, Net loss of 952 million. Uh, Sorry. 952,000. That would be bad. Yeah, that would be bad. (laughs) Yeah, that'd be no good. So 3.3 million revenue, about 1 million at loss for last year. So we'll keep an eye on that one, but don't don't expect uh, you know too much to come from there from an invest, investment standpoint just because they're so small. Uh, interesting story, Mark. I put it in the notes here in terms of just the, the vulture story mm. on Peacock. Yeah. So, you know, I, I thought it was a really good story in that it, it told – the, the history of how Peacock was starting and it was supposed to be with the Olympics and kind of all the things that happened. It talked about some of the licensing and whatnot. Uh, talked about some of the the pricing that it's done over the, the years as, as far as trying to get subscribers in. Mm-hmm. It's certainly done a lot of discounts. Yeah. I think there's still currently a discount going as we're talking here for $20 for the year. Mm-hmm. The last time I looked. Uh, the, the issue I have with the article is it's just, you know, it's comparing it to Netflix. Yeah. 
So it's saying at 15 million paid users, right? It's it's only one third to one fifth the size of Hulu, yeah. Disney, HBO Max, or Netflix. But that's just that's not fair comparison. Netflix is not doing live. It's that's not doing right. sports. It's not yeah. doing Olympics. At the same time, do we think that there's more room to grow as an industry for Peacock? We do. I think the biggest question people are asking is just why is it not growing faster? Mm-hmm. Why are you not seeing 5, 10, 15 million subs you know, every quarter, every other quarter when, mm-hmm. frankly, it's, it's a great service, it's affordable, yeah. and it has a That's lot right. of content yeah. and sports. So uh, interesting to see the momentum that we've seen there. Uh, I, I do think that Peacock continues to grow. I think it's definitely going to be more organically. That's something else too that that people aren't really looking at is the organic side of it. Um, but uh, interesting, interesting story, and it actually had a lot of numbers in it, which which I like. Yeah, it was. It's yeah, it's definitely worth a read. This one yeah, is worth yeah, I, reading. I've got it up on Twitter and LinkedIn yeah. for those that, that want to see it. Uh, another thing that that was tied into that, Mark, I saw this week was. We saw this with uh, when it was Sesame Street, when some of those were removed from HBO Max. That's right. Yeah. And then we've we've seen some companies now cut back where they're not going to release certain titles because they just they don't think it's going to do well. Mm-hmm. I think it's pretty interesting how you see content owners and creators balking at that mm-hmm. and saying it's 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 not really fair, like or or they feel slighted in some way. And I thought that was really interesting because. If you've already been paid for your work, and then by the time it actually is going to come out, it can sometimes be years later, yeah. most times, and the service has changed or it's morphed or it's targeting a different user, um, why is that streaming service not allowed to make a change to their business? Yeah. Right? That, that I didn't really understand. So if you think of many of the targeted series out there, you know, they're among the most low-performing you know, animated and family programming on the platform with HBO Max. Mm-hmm. So removing them not only saves them tens of millions of dollars is is the number that came out. Yeah. Um, but it it also allows there to be more focus. Mm-hmm. And so that's that's the thing I find odd is uh, content creators basically are saying, well, we want anyone who agrees to take our content to show it when we want forever. Mm-hmm. Uh, even if it's not a fit for their service anymore. Yeah. So that's that's really kind of weird. So what's what's really changed, I think the key takeaway for this, what's really changed is what I'll call the problem of overcrowding. Mm. You know, it hurts user discovery, engagement. If engagement mm-hmm. suffers and value declines, that's that's more perceived. Mm-hmm. Sharing could potentially increase. Uh, the The other issue is because there's a lack of transparency, there isn't enough viewership data being shared for any of these content owners to argue that their shows are valuable. Yeah. Yeah. So they, they have no control on how they're distributed if, if they get taken out. Um, you know, they, they want to guarantee basically. Mm -hmm. And I I think that's pretty interesting because, um, you know, guarantees aren't offered and, um, you know, the lack of transparency make the, make the conversations pretty pretty difficult mm-hmm. now flip side creative people are saying because there's no transparency we don't know how popular a show is sure. hard for us to negotiate what our worth and what our value is. yeah 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 i understand that there's an information yeah. gap there but in- interesting to see how everybody 
now uh, now talks about that. I, I think they also have to keep in mind that um, you know Discovery HBO Max combination management promised Wall Street three billion in synergies, mm-hmm. right? Three billion. So you know that's that's got to come from somewhere, yeah. and you can't get that just from there being an overlap in headcount and reducing headcount and and uh you know capex yeah. you just can't do it that way that's right so uh, I, I i think it's going to be interesting to see just what the what the pushback continues to be from content owners mm-hmm. uh maybe one other thing we'll cover here mark is uh thursday night football yeah I've not watched the last week or two, frankly, just not really looking at it much anymore. Uh, every once in a while, I look at the numbers. But, you know, one thing it has brought up is just the amount of people that are really trying to figure out what is what is the largest event ever on the Internet. I get asked that question all yeah, the time. And I yeah, get all exactly. kinds of crazy things thrown out there. I should probably write a blog post. What is the largest event? We have some numbers, but nobody truly knows in the sense that a lot of the numbers are never shared. Yeah, that's right. They're also not shared in the same metrics. Simultaneous streams is not the same as uh, AMA, mm-hmm. average minute audience. Mm-hmm. It's not the same as unique users, unique simultaneous streams. Yeah. So the, the key thing here to point out is we're seeing numbers from Amazon for Thursday Night Football compared to the 2022 Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. So real important, let me break this down. Um, the 2022 Super Bowl was 11.2 million. Mm-hmm. That was that was the number that was given out. So people are looking at the the Amazon number of 15.3 million when they put it out of which streaming was 11.8 and they're saying wow, it was bigger than the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Okay, not accurate. Here's why. NBC, I, man, credit to NBC when they did this for the Super Bowl. Thank you for doing this and making it clear. They came right out and said their 11.2 million figure is a viewers per stream figure, and it is not directly comparable to past years mm-hmm. when co-viewing was not as prevalent. Mm-hmm. They said the figure you want to use for the Super Bowl in 2022 to past years is 6 million, mm-hmm. which is a 5% increase over the 2021 Super Bowl. Yeah. 6 million. Now, 6 million is AMA, average minute audience. Mm-hmm. Amazon and Nielsen's numbers note are not unique viewers. At all. They don't say unique. So it's viewers total, no matter when you came in, how many times you started it. Sure. Um, you also say, see people say, okay, well, if you just take the 11.8 million and you say 50% of those are simultaneous, okay, they had roughly 6 million simultaneous mm-hmm. streams. But if you work on these events or seen data from it, it's usually not a 50% yeah. of the total AMA number is simultaneous. Also, the 6 million number that was given out was devices note that was devices mm-hmm. they gave out across all NBC and NFL digital properties, including mobile, but not all 6 million were streaming at the same, same time. time yeah. so, so my point is you really got to look at the details here. Now let's get to the largest events ever on the web for streaming. From what I understand from all the numbers I've seen put out riot games still, still to this day, has the most simultaneous streams at any given time, and they continue to break their own record for League of Legends World Final. Mm-hmm. So this year, 
the world's final was broadcast in 18 languages by 19 different broadcasters across 34 platforms. It had an average minute audience of 30.6 million. Now, anyone who's saying, hey, Dan, that's not a fair comparison. Amazon NFL game Thursday was only available in the U.S. territories. You're right. Mm -hmm. So, again, you got to look at the riot league of legends it was everywhere yeah but we have to look outside the u.s for much larger streaming audiences and higher bit rates mm -hmm. so if you want to see what a really good event looks like i think the best in the industry hands down better than the super bowl it's frankly better than the olympics is go online and look at the production quality in the stream of riot games vct champions yeah it was specifically from istanbul this year uh, so VCT, Victor, Charlie, Tango, Champions. Uh, so video is incredible, Mark. It had a multi-level moving 3D set tied to XR cameras. So the objects in the screens move with the camera movements. Amazing. And you want to talk about encoding? It's got more lasers and fire on stage yeah. <laughs> than anything I've seen. And man, it looks good. Yeah. It looks really good. Yeah. So you're talking 30.6 million average minute audience yeah. that is almost three times larger than amazon sunday uh thursday night football when they had the 11.8 million yeah now second in 2019 akamai said the 12th edition of the vivo ipl cricket tournament peaked at 18.6 million now they gave out concurrent viewers mm -hmm. League of Legends was average minute audience. Mm -hmm. Again, not the same thing, but uh, Akamai has a blog post up from back then. You're talking 18.6 million yeah. concurrent. So what have we seen even come close to that? Yeah. Nothing. Hmm. Absolutely nothing. So, and that's from 2019. So this idea that every year we're breaking records with uh, th these really large scale, huge events with deep simultaneous stream counts. Mm-hmm. Reality is it's just not happening. A World Cup be real interesting to watch. Yeah, that will. But sure. uh, World Cup, from everyone who's streaming it, what they always tell me is because of the time differences of when all these games are, there's just such a large portion of the population in, the, in particular territories that just aren't around. Yeah. So I don't expect the World Cup to, to break any records above uh, Riot. But man, you want to look at production. It's just, it's so impressive. I've what got they to do. check that out. Uh, it, I have been very impressed with other events. Um, they, they are amazing, but I have to check this one out. Yeah. yeah League of legends is where it's at. Yeah. Uh, they just, man, the lot the, the following, the loyalty they have for that game is just incredible. Is. And the, and the yeah. production also, we've, we've mentioned this before. If you go to riot tech blog, just mm -hmm. Google that. They love to break down just how they build all this stuff out. Yeah. How they do ingestion, transcoding, yeah. what they're doing for backup and fiber and satellite. Like it's it's absolutely incredible. Yeah. I think they're some of the, the best in the industry that we have. So Mark, with that, I think we're right on time here. So let's uh Perfect. let's close this one down. What we got next week is uh just one or two news things. So Mark and I'll cover we'll pick one or two other subjects, Mark, that we can get to next week that aren't time sensitive. Mm -hmm. And then the weeks after that, it is earnings. And I think we're also going to get some very interesting updates on some of the the mergers taking place. Obviously, the Discovery HBO Max. Mm -hmm. uh, we'll get more information from Netflix on the ad tier. At some point, they're going to have to start giving out a little bit of information there. Uh, also, I think 
uh, you're going to get some some conversation around Top Gun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We're still waiting for Top That's Gun right. streaming, uh, where you don't have to pay yeah. per rental, but it sounds like that's coming soon, yeah. just from rumors in the space. So yeah. we should have some good things to talk about. I think we will. Yeah. And uh, Mark, some good feedback from last week's episode. We were talking about jobs in the market. Mm. I already had some people reach out and just say, hey, look, I'm looking for a job. And I'm one of those people you're talking about where I'm in the interview process only to learn that, oh, sorry, that job isn't available anymore. Yeah. It doesn't say close down anywhere. Exactly. Can't get a follow up. It's like, man. Yeah. So it certainly resonates with people, which is uh, a shame, frankly. Yeah. It'd be nice if it didn't and the experience was better, but uh, I think we're going to have to revisit that topic for sure. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, I want to make sure to put the word out as well, Um, especially on the on the sales and the business development side. I know of some immediate opportunities. So somebody very, very senior, a lot of great experience, a track record, reach out to me and, um, you know, maybe I can. Yeah, there's a lot on the sales side. But you, you said the key word there, right? Experience. That's right. Companies are looking for Rolodex. They're looking not yeah. for people who can network, but yep. build relationships. Yep. You have to already know people in the industry. Yeah. Unfortunately, they're not looking to train people up. Yeah, that's exactly. Yeah, exactly. But uh, if there's anyone who's been affected who, you know, can hit the ground running, uh, I know of, of multiple positions that are truly open. You know, not just right, truly, yeah, yeah right. not fake. <laughs> These are real. Yep. Yes, <laughs> yeah. yes. With 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 you know, with real packages behind them too. You know, so yeah. But uh, good good salespeople are always in demand. Yeah. Absolutely. If you're a good salesman, saleswoman, yeah. and you can build relationships, and you know your product, and you can solve problems, uh, you will always have a job. Yeah, absolutely, no doubt. So, Mark, we're out of time. That's a wrap. Uh, I'd like to thank our listeners. Uh, we've been doing really well on the podcast, continues to grow organically, which is great. Uh, still getting out there. Mark, I've, I've had a couple of people just in the last week or two be like, hey, I just found your podcast and signed up on episode 34. That's awesome. So they, they've missed a lot, yeah. but uh, <laughs> at least they're there. So we, we gain more and more subscribers each week, which is great. So uh, thank you to everyone who's listening. If you have questions, comments, topics you want Mark and I to cover, send them in. Also, as always, thanks to Agora, A-G-O-R-A dot O dot I-O. Uh, they've, they've been super nice as far as sponsoring our podcast almost from day one. So go check them out. And then uh, the numbers that I talked about regarding the largest live event ever, by the time this episode drops, Mark, I'll push up a blog post so it's up. Great. That way we can point people to it. But any questions on the numbers, check out my LinkedIn and uh, Twitter feed. Uh, And interested in any sales stuff, definitely hit up Mark. So we're always available on LinkedIn. And we definitely take pride in the fact that, you know, we want to get back to listeners and get you answers to your questions. So please do feel free to reach out at any time. So with that, uh, Mark, we'll close it out. Thanks to everyone for listening. Have a great rest of your week. We'll talk to you in the next podcast. If you enjoyed the show, send it to a friend. Think Dan and Mark are wrong? Let them know on LinkedIn. And be sure to check out Dan's blog at streamingmediablog.com.